Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, August 26th. My God, we're almost to September. There goes 2021. Whoa, it's gone. It's already fall up here in the Pacific Northwest, which is amazing. I mean, I know it's not technically fall. It's not like we have a different calendar, but it is so dark and chilly and even the inside of our house feels like fall slash winter. Damien and I both noticed it. Our bathroom gets the coldest and I was so happy. I mean, I almost needed to turn the heater on in the bathroom the other morning when I was uh, getting ready and it, it felt so good. Blankets are different. Blankets are coming out. Uh, I started drinking tea at night again. That was really in an effort to not eat so much chocolate, <laughs> to be honest with you. But then once I did it, I thought, you know what? Because I'm trying to substitute something. Not that eating chocolate is bad, but something a little... You get what I'm saying. Anyway, I was trying to substitute tea for my chocolate. And it, it was so awesome. Because while at first I thought I was depriving myself, it ended up that I was treating myself. I have a real love-hate relationship with tea. Does anyone feel me on that one? I really do. It's It's... I mean, I think it's because there were so many times in my life where my body wouldn't accept coffee and it was just not going to work for me. And actually, my doctors told me to not drink coffee and tea was all I had. Oh, my God. There was also this time where all I drank were soy steamers, uh, just steamed soy milk with a little bit of honey in it. You know what? That was pretty good, too. When I think back, it sounds kind of nice now. But it's also depressing as hell because I, all I wanted was to drink tons of caffeine and tons of coffee and I wasn't allowed. And so, you know, now I think, you know what, this is true of probably everything in my life right now. I am finally more balanced. And, you know, I used to really, I don't know if fear is the word, I despised the idea of balance because... What made me me were my extremes. And, you know, no, I will work all day and night. I will not eat at certain times. I will not do this. I will do this. The wills were all, I will torture myself, basically. Um, I will ignore everything because all I want to do is work on drawings. Um, and everything else falls by the wayside. Um, in fact... My mom recently sent me photos from, God, I don't even know. Let's guess it was like 2007. And clearly my parents had come to visit um, us in where I lived in Kingwood, Texas. And, you know, you would think, okay, your parents are coming to visit. You'll take some time off. But I never took time off. So what you see is I have put extra tables, drafting tables in the living room so that I could hang out with my family while they were in town. You see, you know, their dog, my dog, me, but I am, everybody else is like watching TV, drinking and have a good time. I am, my head is down. I look sad and I'm just working. Hold on. Do you hear this? That's Frankie trying to get out. All right, hold on. Anyway, I bet at the time, that felt like a moment of pride for me. I don't know that I consciously thought of that, but I think internally that was what I was doing. And it was also just pure self-torture. 
I think that all those years of working that obsessively and never taking a break and never going outside and never going on vacations was me wanting to torture myself for some reason. And um, these photos are really depressing. Maybe I'll post them or something so you guys can see them. Or if anybody wants to see them, just reach out and I'll show you. But uh, I don't know why anyone would want to see this. I'm describing it very well. Uh, but yeah, so this idea of balance, you know, I had this fake self-help book that I was writing called something like The Quest for Inner Calm and Why I Purposefully Lost. And I'm so proud of all of these things. <laughs> so stupid. And um, anyway, and now, you know, it's funny how when you try to work on yourself, I guess I just want to say this because I know I needed to hear it, but it doesn't make sense until it really happens to you. When you're trying to work on things about yourself that are difficult and feel anti your own DNA and inner workings, which those are the hardest things. And also certain people, especially artist types, are resistant to changing those things because we artists have to start to, to um, I guess, again, the word pride is coming up. Take pride in the things that make you atypical or something. And you're not doing it on purpose. It's just kind of how it works. These things that make you unique and um, you're geared certain ways. Those are usually odd things or things that aren't necessarily celebrated by the masses. So the, when you start to get older and you realize like, oh, these things are making my life horrible, you, it, you don't, you know that you probably need to leave them behind, but it's not that easy. And that would mean telling an entirely different narrative about who you are to yourself. And that becomes difficult. And I know for me, it's now a real joy every day, realizing that all these things I thought about myself for so long and identified with, aren't necessarily who I really am at the core. I think I just developed a lot of, they're not idiosyncrasies, but a lot of behavior patterns that for a while seem to benefit me, but they just don't anymore. That's the other thing. A lot of these things, and you learn this in Al-Anon and AA, and NA and any of the other A's, you, uh, you realize that certain things, you develop certain quote, bad behaviors, because it was your only way to cope with certain difficult life circumstances and situations. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to forgive yourself for that. So a lot of my anxiety and obsess obsession with work and, and refusal to have a, quote, good life with time off and, you know, time with friends and family and all of that that was a way to cope with certain things that happened to me and that I partook in and whatever. And they just don't, at a certain point you wake up and they don't serve you anymore, but trying to shed them takes a lot of time. And what I'm, anyway, the whole point, if you go back like seven minutes on this <laughs> podcast is, um, I'm realizing that with continued effort, it's all going away. All of those things seem to be shedding from me, but it doesn't happen in a flash. And that seems boring too to me. Like the old me would be like, well, that's stupid. It should be like a lightning bolt 
all of a sudden penetrates my eyeball and I'm a different human being. Well, guess what, kids? It doesn't work that way. I mean, sometimes it does, but more often than not, it's continued daily work and observation and patience with yourself. It's all that boring shit that wise people tell you. <laughs> and then one day you're looking around and you're like, what, what the hell's going on? I, like, for instance, today, Damien and I are taking a really fun hotel staycation uh, with Coltrane because it's his last days before school starts. And we have a vacation week and there's, you know, we're not going to be going on a plane or doing anything like that right now. So we're just hunkering down in a hotel to watch great movies and old TV shows and play board games and go swimming in the pool. Um, but it's four days and I'm noticing there's like this distant version of me floating around in my body right now. That's going, what are you doing, Robin? You're not, you're not supposed to go away like this. You're supposed to be working daily and you know how it is when you go away. It takes you like four days to get back into the rhythm of things in your studio and it's gonna really fuck you up and but it's really just a ghost now and because there was nothing in me that thought I can't go but I hate to admit it in the past I would would not have gone and this is a wonderful eight-year-old child who I adore with all of my heart and of course we're gonna do this and anyway but I'm just so I hope this is making sense it's just it's weird how, well, because recently too, I worked really, really, really hard on getting, you know, my sleep schedule together and exercise schedule together and eating oatmeal at the same time every day. And that would never have been able to even be 1% possible for me, even, you know, five years ago. And somehow I am just, I, I don't know. It's like my schedule, is, I'm on top of everything. I am ahead of schedule on most things. I am also, rather than just working nonstop and not allowing for anything else, I'm allowing for a lot else. Um, and somehow everything's easier, even though I'm getting more work done. So, I mean, that's that whole, the whole thing too, that, you know, again, people smarter than me would always tell me, do you want to work more? Or do you want to work better? Or whatever that phrase is. And again, I say all these, these things still kind of annoy me even though I know they're true. And this one's really proving to be true because I am not working harder. It's not more difficult. I'm just working smarter and it's all happening. So anyway, praise me, praise. <laughs> this sounds like I'm just self-praising myself, but that would be okay if I were, because I, I gotta tell you, I have not been okay for a, a great deal of my adult life. But I started to realize like the original me, there was an original version of me that I can see in my young adulthood, like, or is that adulthood when you're in high school? That was, I don't know, a lot more able to relax and also work hard because I was always an artist and I was always working on, I mean, my first art show was at Starbucks at Barnes and Noble <laughs> off of 121 Highway in DFW in, I think it's Hearst or Euless or Bedford. I can't remember one of those three places. And, you know, I'm the one who asked, I asked the manager, can I please have an art show? I mean, I was always doing the same things I'm doing now. There's been no change, but... 
Um, back then, I still had fun or relax. I mean, my idea of fun wasn't going to parties still. Like, there's still me. Uh, I'm still me in that way. But I would relax and I would go to the craft store and make weird t-shirts and earrings and hang out with my parents and occasionally with friends. Actually, yeah, my friend Shelby and I, we would go down to Austin from the Dallas-Fort Worth area go see shows. We would always see music on the weekends in either Dallas or Fort Worth. Um, we would go travel to see museums in different parts of the country even. A bunch of teenage girls driving their car all across the lower part of the country. Um, and somewhere I lost that. And I, I, I got to tell you, I've only recently discovered why that was. And for the first time ever, that's a little more private than I'm going to share on here. But I, yeah. So anyway, if I sound like I'm praising myself, well, that's, that's slightly uncomfortable for me, but it's also, it's okay to praise yourself and to feel good about things. I still have a long way to go, but truly, I, have I ever told you guys one time I was in this Al-Anon meeting? And for anybody who's new, Al-Anon is a group for, it's a 12-step program, just like AA for alcoholics, but it's for people who are, don't have addiction themselves. They just have a lot of loved ones who suffer with addiction. So it's for people like me with a lot of alcoholics in their life. Anyway, and it totally changed my life. And if you're curious, you can search me reading stuff for the word Al-Anon and you can find my episode about it, which I highly recommend for anyone who's dealing with anything uh, related to, even if it doesn't seem like an alcoholism thing, if somebody else's behavior is causing you a lot of distress, well, Al-Anon will help you. And well, anyway, so there was this woman and I'm not going to say her name, even though we only know each other's first names in Al-Anon, but she was this older woman who I always thought was cool. And Damien was there for this. And I loved her. And I was always kind of focused on her in meetings, even though she didn't say much. And one day we're going, we did something different where everybody needed to talk, like maybe a circle format or something. And her thing was, she goes, well, I don't have any problems anymore. <laughs> and that was basically all she said. She basically said, I'm having a hard time talking in here because I don't have any problems. I've figured this stuff out. And that may seem like crazy, but that really does happen sometimes. And I'm not saying I'm there, but for I will say this though, for about 90% of the things that brought me to Al-Anon and brought me basically metaphorically to my knees in my life of just giving up and knowing that I couldn't do this anymore, um, and cause it was that serious and I did not want to be around anymore. I will say 90% of those things are completely gone. They're just gone. And that feels crazy and also awesome. I, I never thought that would be possible, but again, it's not like one thing happens. It's, it's a, Anyway, if you are curious about anything like this, please do reach out to me. You can always find me. Um, well, you can always find, if it's private, I want to, for this situation, I will say, if you've got something to say or a question and you need to say it or ask it, uh, you just can email me. I may not get back to you right away at me reading stuff at iCloud.com. 
So that's it, guys. I have a, it's already a very long program, which I didn't intend, and we're leaving in about an hour for our fun little hotel vacation. Um, I picked up a Reader's Digest. This is the July-August 2021 issue. It's got uh, Reduce Your Anxiety by Rebecca Phillips, which I highly enjoyed. I didn't mean for that to be on topic. I didn't know what I was talking about today, by the way. I had no clue. Um, also, Best Dessert in Every State, America the Tasty, it's called. And a lot of these desserts really struck me as, that is so not true. Like, uh, let's see, was it Nebraska's that I had a problem with? Uh, let's see, Nebraska's. Tell me, Nebraskan, is this true? Tin Roof Sunday? I don't remember that being a thing. I mean, I do love it. I did eat salted peanuts with a little chocolate. I guess, I guess maybe we did. Maybe we just didn't call it a Tin Roof Sunday. Um, and since I have so many listeners in Texas, let's go ahead and see what the Texas one was. Texas one was pecan pie, which that does seem right. Or Texas sheet cake, which what would you guys say? And since I did live in California and have a lot of listeners there, frozen yogurt, which is about right. <laughs> I would say frozen yogurt. Yes, absolutely. And I'm new to Washington still, but Washington says it's loganberry pie. Um, again, not a huge dessert person, but I will say it does seem to be berries and pie around here. That's what, but I've also noticed my parents when they were here, we noticed in Washington, um, everybody has maple cookies or ginger cookies, something like that, which I got to say, as somebody who's lived all over the other parts of the country, I don't remember that being a very popular thing. Although my grandma in Nebraska and Iowa would make ginger cookies, um, Anyway, my reading for you is very strange and not really poet, not at all poetry, right? But I was obsessed with this article in Reader's Digest. It's called Who Knew? It's the Who Knew section. If your block could talk, fascinating facts about the streets where we live. Um, This person, Spike Carlson, I love that name, Spike Carlson. That sounds like a soap opera name, doesn't it? And this is from the book, A Walk Around the Block. And this person was walking around and something happened where Spike just decided, you know, there's so many interesting things in my, on my street when I was taking a walk, I might as well look into things that are more, uh, just facts that are related to, I don't know, neighborhoods in America. So if you're like, things like this, if your home address is an odd number, you probably live on the south or east side of the street. If it's an even number, it's the north or west. Um, And then let's look at street names too. If you're strolling in Oklahoma or Arkansas, you'll find the most popular street names to be Oak. If in Wisconsin, Vermont, or dozen other states, the number one prize goes to Park. Things like that. And then your block is home to 8.1 squirrels on average. But this is the one I'm obsessed with. Being a big letter writer, I'm obsessed with this. Okay, you guys ready? Letter carriers bring you 41 pounds of junk mail a year. You don't open 44% of it, and you recycle about a quarter of it. Over the years, the United States Postal Service has delivered mail, junk and otherwise, via stagecoach roller skate, which I almost just read as roller coaster. Can you imagine? Roller co- let's say it, roller coaster, motorcycle, ski, Segway, toboggan, dog sled, boat, biplane, supersonic jet, snowmobile, snowmobile, and hovercraft. If you live at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, your mail is brought to you by, you guessed it, a mule. 
In New York City, mnemonic tubes once helped deliver six million letters a day, including one-third of the city's first-class mail via 27 miles of tubing that ran beneath the city streets and even across the Brooklyn Bridge. Can you imagine seeing that mnemonic tube like at the banks that we used to have, that still some have, and you just see letters just pushed through tubes when you're crossing the Brooklyn Bridge? Oh my God, I would love that. Each capsule could travel 35 miles per hour and hold up to 600 letters or an unspecified number of submarine sandwiches, which according to lore were delivered to hungry postal workers this way. Now here's the part that I'm dying to read to you. In 1958, Harry Winston had such faith in the postal service that when he donated the $38 million Hope Diamond, which in today's, by the way, in today's dollar amounts, it's 300, so imagine this, $350 million. Okay, so he is delivering the Hope Diamond, $350 million to the Smithsonian. He shipped it by registered mail in a plain brown envelope stamped fragile from New York City to Washington, D.C. The cost was $145.29, for postage and the rest for $1 million worth of insurance. So he was willing to bite $37 million because that's how much he loved the United States Postal Service. I mean, whoa. He delivered uh, the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian by registered mail. I am so shocked by that. Okay, here's one more. If you had x-ray vision, you'd see that a concrete sidewalk is typically four inches thick, a driveway, six inches, the interstate, a beefy 11 inches. Beefy. Don't like saying that word. Spike, but I did it for you, Spike. Okay, the history of concrete follows a bumpy road. The Romans developed the kilns and techniques for formulating it more than 2,000 years ago. They built some of the most magnificent structures ever, structures ever created, including the Pantheon, which stands today. With the fall of the empire, the formula was misplaced for nine centuries. Concrete, you guys, disappeared for nine centuries. Okay, now listen to this. In 1414, the recipe was rediscovered in a copy of Vitruvius's On Architecture, found in a Swiss monastery and has played a vital role in our lives and our walks and drives ever since. Okay, who knew that I'd be slamming books again at a Reader's Digest? But seriously, how fucking cool is that? Nine centuries. Concrete went away. Wow. I don't even know. I don't even know. Also, did you know you probably live within a 10-minute walk of a park? Think about it. Seven of every 10 Americans are fortunate enough to live within a 10-minute walk of a park. Isn't that nice? Anyway, I think I'm going to buy Spike's book. Again, Spike's book is called A Walk Around the Block. And I'm very fascinated. As a walker, and obviously as a person obsessed with the United States Postal Service, this was a lot... Uh, that just attracted me. Um, and I hope it wasn't too boring for you guys. Hey, guess what? I got to go. I got to eat my oatmeal. I got to get the hell out of here. I got to go have fun. 
Um, I'm gonna go swimming in the pool with little Coltrane. I'm going to read a lot. I've got some car greeting cards that I have to send out, so I'm gonna work on those at the hotel desk. Is there anything better than a hotel desk? I, I love I love the little desks at hotels so much. In fact, I've done a lot of my best work on hotel desks, to be honest with you. So let's see what happens. Although, aren't I supposed to be having fun? I am. I'm just writing greeting cards. I'm not bringing any drawings with me. I'm not bringing... I am bringing yarn, but that's fun. That's a little bit different. All right, you guys. I love you very much. I hope you have a great weekend. Goodbye to August. Hello to September soon. Uh, thanks for letting me talk about myself for way too long. I apologize if it upset any of you or made you sick. Um, and I, uh, you're welcome if it helped any of you. I do hope we're all working on ourselves. That's all. But also remember, you're great as you are right now. Unless you're a racist or any sort of bigot. Unless you are not pro-LGBTQI uh, rights. And unless you're a child molester, which are the biggest scum of the earth. So unless you're those things, well then, I you're doing a great job. Okay, I love you guys. Goodbye.